0: Good afternoon and welcome to the Jason Rancho on AM 770 KTTH streaming live on the KTTH smartphone app. The ACAB crowd was out yesterday afternoon, early evening. Calling for some heads. And that is what's trending. What's trending. Back the blue. I call them the ACAB crowd. All cops are. Because that's... What they are. That's the, the group that we're talking about here. We have a group of anti-police activists, the ones who are abolitionists, the ones who pretend that they're passionate when a cop does something to someone else, when really they're just waiting for some sort of case that they can use to exploit in order to get to their end goal, which is to abolish the police. And they want Dan Otterer fired. He is the officer who was caught on body cam footage mocking the lawyers for the city of Seattle that will try to downplay the value of a 23-year-old victim. All so that they can get out of having to put a whole bunch of dollars in the bank account of the family members. That's what the lawyers will do. Dan Otterer was calling that out, and he was mocking them. Most local media are pretending that he was mocking the victim. He was not. The activists who are out marching, and they'll do another march in about an hour and a half from now, they are lying and pretending that he was mocking the victim. He was not. Now, they also want... The officer who was driving the patrol vehicle that hit the victim and killed her to be fired and charged. He almost certainly will be charged. He will never be a cop again. And I'm told he was a very good cop. I I don't know him personally. But people who do say he was one of the good guys. And this was a tragic accident. But in 2023, when you have a prosecutor who is ideologically driven in a state run by Democrats who don't like officers, who have been passing pro-criminal legislation, handcuffing the officers, you can be assured that the driving, the driver, the officer who's driving is the one who will end up suffering a consequence. It's not acceptable. These people need to be fired. We need justice. We need justice, says a guy who could not tell you the name of the victim. But he could tell you the name of the cops. So last night, early evening, late afternoon, they blocked traffic. They marched down downtown Seattle. They ended up going to the West Precinct. They chanted their invective towards cops, F the police, that kind of stuff. They pretended to care about the victim when everyone knows mm, they really don't care. Como spoke with one. Somebody's
1: family. This person may not be here anymore, but her memory is still
0: with us. Who? What's her name? What's her name? This person. It's weird. She has a name. This person. You couldn't say Kandula. You couldn't can, can say that. Some people had it on some signs. You couldn't just look like, just uh, try to, you know, pretend that you're looking at something else when you're really looking at the name so that you can actually say her name. In fact, wasn't that one of the chants that used to be put out there by BLM? Say her name. Say his name. Anytime there was a victim of police brutality, you said that. This wasn't a police brutality victim. Now, they were only there for the anti-cop sloganeering. That protester you just heard, that activist, all that these folks were there for were to smear cops, all cops. They do it all the time. When one teacher does it, let's just assume you think that Dan Otterer is the worst of the worst bad apples rotten to its core because you're disingenuous and you don't know any better. But let's just say you believe that. If there was a teacher who did the equivalent of what Dan Otterer did, and you also believe that that was an awful teacher, awful person rotten to the core, they should fire this person. Do you blame all other teachers? Do you say that it's not just the apple, it's the tree. It's rotten at its roots. No, of course not, because you like teachers. You support teachers' unions. You see them as liberal, and so you're all good with them. But they're doing that with an officer. They often will judge an entire department or an entire profession of policing by people they think are the worst of the worst. They will judge everybody, and it's disgusting. It's absolutely disgusting. Now, it's the same people who show up over and over and over again at these rallies. I recognize them. I remember them after George Floyd marching, making demands, screaming F the police. There's one account that is promoting tonight's rally, protest, whatever they want to call it. And its title is FTP, F the police. The media, however, hasn't seemed to pick up on that because they're just portraying these folks as, you know, they're just like any other person. They just they just came out because they were called to do it. Ray is one of those people.
1: There's a really serious problem in the system. It's not just one or two bad apples. It's, it's a systemic issue that needs systemic. to be solved.
0: Yes. I mean, not a little bit of a tip that he's a professional activist when he uses language like that because every normal person who's not – Inclined to go for marches, talks like that, you know they talk about systemic of uh, racism it's it 's not one bad apple it's it's the whole rotten tree that's how the average person speaks, right now the good news was after when they started to march because some of them are just out of shape, they haven't been marching the way that they used to, they were like i'm not doing that It's getting a little warm today. It's supposed to be the last few days of our summer when they ended up getting to the west. Precinct, there was maybe two and a half, three dozen people left. And the funny thing is, I couldn't tell how many people were at the original rally based on the the angle of video that I saw. Obviously, I wasn't there. I was on the air. But some said 200, 300. Fox 13 said three dozen. I'm going to go with the three dozen. I'm willing to bet it was that small this entire time. And it's not always easy. in fairness Not that I think you can go from three dozen to three hundred, but it isn't easy to figure out sometimes when you're on the ground how many people are actually there. But it wasn't that many people, and yet they got a ton of coverage. And while they were at the West Precinct, they were doing their chants. They had a drum with them. And the best part was two times, two separate people from the nearby residents yelled at them, one telling them to stop drumming, just like, stop the drumming. And then another one said. F you very loudly. And they were two different people, which is at least promising that no one is falling for this stuff anymore, except for the media. Now, Jonathan Cho was down and he spoke to some of these people. And again, these are not your typical Seattleites. These are not people who just felt called to March because they were so disgusted by what they heard in the press. These are protesters who are professional, who are in the Shama Sawant camp. These are the socialist alternatives. These are the folks who helped organize around BLM and then around Chop Chaz.
1: I'm with the Freedom Road Socialist Organization. I am a proud revolutionary. We are here today to mourn a needless loss of life, some collateral damage in some sick pig's joyride.
0: In some sick pig's joyride. That cop was driving to a priority one overdose call. You degenerate, or excuse me, you degenerate revolutionary. He was trying to save a life. Now you think all cops are bastards, and so we're supposed to give you some sort of respect because you're standing up there speaking out, spitting out your vile hatred you hate all cops. This cop could have done nothing. And you would still call him a pig because she thinks all cops are pigs. She's a revolutionary. She has a lonely life that is directionless. It's going in no direction. She doesn't know what to do. She undoubtedly comes from some sort of privileged family. And as she's seated, seating in seated, seated, ugh. As she's seated, there we go, in her home where she still lives with her parents, out on Mercer Island, thinking about what she's going to do next. Because she still doesn't really like that job as a barista at the local Starbucks, which her parents force her to have if she's going to continue to live in the house rent-free. She's like, what can I do? And she saw this story about an incident that happened in January, which she did not care about for the last eight months. And she decided, ooh, we can exploit this. Let's go down there. I, re- I read some some tweet with a meme about revolutionaries. I, I'm That's me.
1: Fight back against the racist pigs who defend and uphold a violent system. Make no mistake, this system is capitalism.
0: It oh, is colonialism. colonialism. Oh, and colonialism. It is
1: imperialism. Oh, okay. And the cops do not exist to protect and serve us. <laughs> the cops exist <laughs> for one purpose
0: and one purpose only, to defend the system and its beneficiaries, the monopoly capitalists. So she's an idiot, okay? Again, I don't normally like to just throw out insults like that because it's a little bit crass and very easy. I like to be like a degenerate. I like those kinds of insults. But she's not a bright person. And you can tell she's not a bright person. And you can tell she doesn't know what the hell it is she's talking about. As she was organizing this entire thing or helping to organize telling her friends to show up on her iPhone while using Twitter and Facebook. She's coming out there, oh, she hates capitalism. That's what this is about. And again, that's how you know who these people are. That's how you know who they are. And Victoria Beach, who is a community activist with the African-American Community Advisory Council for the SPD, who has been critical of the officer in this case. She also talked to Jonathan Show, and she called out these lunatics. They're
1: a bunch of white saviors. It's all about them. These are Sawant's people. Yep. This, this is about them and not the victim. I, I don't want to be a part of this garbage. They hate cops. <laughs> I, I don't get it. It, it, it's that Sawant talk. That's that's what it
0: is. Now, did you hear any of her criticisms or the speeches that are anti-capitalist calling cops pigs? Did you hear that on any local television network? Yes. Which one? What, are you talking about Victoria Beach? Nope. I'm talking about the clip we played of the capitalist, everyone's a pig, blah, blah, blah. Was that covered in local media? Oh,
2: no. No. Right? That one wasn't, no.
0: I didn't hear much of that. I heard the the more uh, calm, uh, collected person talking about, well, we really have to do something about systemic change in this country. Because policing is, is, is a part of a system that really does need some significant reforms. You didn't hear the person screaming, F the police. They don't highlight those people. Why not? Why shouldn't the person that we just played, the protesters screaming about being a revolutionary? Why wouldn't that be... Featured on King five
2: doesn't fit their narrative, doesn't
0: fit their narrative. That's a person who secretly some of the producers there agree with. And so they would never try to dismiss this woman, but they know that it turns people off. They want to make this into a story because they miss it from the BLM movement of just another cop, a dirty cop that they're going to go after. And it is disgusting. It is absolutely disgusting. And of course, they have taken over this. Now, Spog has put out a statement. We reported this exclusively. Now it's been picked up. And they do apologize, but also note there's context. The context that I exclusively reported last week. And with this statement that they put out, they included the original complaint slash uh, what was it called? Rapid adjudication letter that I quoted in my reporting that I was told I made up. And I got and or I got the timeline wrong. I was told this by multiple bloggers and tweeters or whatever we're calling them now. Xers, posters, posers that I just made it up. Actually, Jason Rance is wrong. You know why there was an investigation? Because someone at SPD turned him in. That also happened, which dummy I put in my story. (laughs) Like I put that there, too. But they released the, the statement. It all backs up my original reporting. The, the new statement says the Seattle Police Officers Guild understands the attention and outrage surrounding the viral video, which captures highly insensitive comments regarding the death of Janavi Kandula by Officer Dan Otterer. Without context, this audio is horrifying and has no place in a civil society. It sullens the profession of law enforcement, the reputation of all Seattle police officers and paints Seattle in a terrible light. We feel deep sorrow and grief for the family of Janavar, Janavi Kandula as this video has revictimized them in an already tragic situation as they continue to mourn her death. We are truly sorry. And then it gets into the viral videos that are cut without any context going after Dan Otterer. And they defend him as they should. People who are fair minded about this should defend that officer. But it's very easy to hate on cops. And then to go on, you know, your Facebook account or send out a TikTok video or put in a newspaper article or post on X. Oh, there are some people who are actually defending this cop. I can't believe it. Have you no soul? Have you no decency? Who's the victim? Society itself is the victim of over-policing. Who's the, what's the name of the victim here? She was Indian. Yeah, no, I got that. What, what, what's her name? I don't even need you to pronounce it correctly because it's going to be hard. The first name is hard to pronounce. Just give me something. Give me a letter. Z. No? These people are phonies, and they will always be phony. And here's the real test. Here's the real test. Next week... Go up to one of them and ask them the name of the victim. Ask a media member who will write about this or speak about this or do some interview on TV about this. The ones who are are outraged at the cops. Talking heads. Go to one of the talking heads. Ask them the name of the victim next week. Put them on the spot. Tell me if they will give you the answer. They won't because this is not about her. Let's find out what else is trending. What's trending? The coronavirus. The director of the CDC, Dr. Mandy Cohen, she's out there pushing the new COVID vaccine. She notes that it's still spreading. We're starting to see a surge, which is actually not necessarily true. Snohomish County, there was a big story about the surge of COVID in Snohomish County, and now they're saying, well, it may have already settled down. We we might have it probably already peaked. But she's out there encouraging everyone. Everyone over the age of six months to get the vaccine.:
2: virus is still here and making some people very sick, especially older adults.
0: How many and by the way, how much does the flu make older adults very sick too? Just I 'm asking:
2: The new updated COVID 19 vaccine is the most effective way to give your body the ability to keep the COVID virus from causing you harm. Huh. That's why CDC recommends everyone six months and older get one dose of the updated COVID-19 vaccine ahead of the fall and winter season. This recommendation was based on extensive data and clinical trials.
0: No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. That is not true. Now, if she wants to put into one package all of the studies that have ever been done in the history of mRNA and all the previous, okay, maybe you can make that claim, although not, again, not to the point where she would be comfortable. This particular one, that is not true. Dr. Marty McCary from Johns Hopkins University, an actual college, he has an editorial out today, and he pointed out that the test that only involved 50 people, this is the Moderna one. One in every 50 people, so one person out of that 50, had a medically attended adverse event. And they won't tell us what it was. Moderna isn't telling us. The CDC isn't telling us what it is. And excuse me, it was two, not one. And of course, the vaccine only will give you some kind of benefit, quote unquote, whatever that means. That lasts about three months. That doesn't seem like a huge success. There were no human outcome data. None. Did you know that in Europe, regulators there do not recommend this for everyone? They only are recommending it for folks who are elderly and or immunocompromised. They're not telling the 42-year-old to go ahead and get this COVID shot. And he writes in the story, the push is so hard that former White House COVID coordinator, Dr. Aisha Jha and CDC head Mandy Cohen are making unsupported claims that the new vaccine reduces hospitalizations, long COVID and the likelihood you will spread COVID. None of those claims has a shred of scientific support. In fact, if the manufacturer said that, they could be fined for making false marketing claims beyond an fda approved indication and he goes into pfizer's version who said and he says has zero efficacy data and has not been tested on humans at all mice that's what they tested it on we only have data about antibody production from 10 mice the public has a right to know. And he points to Dr. Paul Offit. Do you remember that name, Paul Offit? Yeah. Okay. He was, we talked about him a lot during COVID. Because he was someone who was a big supporter of vax mandates. This was an FDA advisor. He was pushing this hard. He was telling everyone to get vaccinated. And he supported the mandate. Well, he came out. He told The Atlantic that he's not taking this new COVID vaccine. And he didn't take the bivalent booster last fall. He's 72 years old. He is in that group that is most susceptible to COVID. Why? Why wouldn't he take it? Because he's looking at the data that we do have and the studies that have come out and said it is not worth the risk for him. Now, again, I've said this throughout all of COVID, from the beginning all the way up until now. Do what you want in consultation with your doctor. Don't take my advice. I am a talk show host. I listen to people like Dr. Marty McCarry, who I know. This is a guy who actually knows what it is he's doing and is not beholden to any sort of political decision around the vaccine. So I'm going to do what he's telling me to. I trust him. You're listening to The Jason Rancho. is the big local on the Jason Ranch Show. Centralia. Lakewood. Stories about you, not about Seattle. Hey, look at that 4.30 on a weekday afternoon. That means it's time for the big local brought to you by Alpine Specialty Services. They are online at alpineclean.com. And it's the part of the show where we completely ignore stories coming out of Seattle and instead focus all of our attention on the communities you live in and care about most. And we start in Tacoma, where a nonprofit that brings joy to kids who are desperate for some of that joy in their life, that nonprofit now finds itself desperate for some support from the community. Or thousands of families are not going to enjoy the holiday season or their birthdays. It's a story that is a Jason Ranch Show exclusive, and I put Max on it.
2: Yeah, I got a chance to talk with executive director and president of Toy Rescue Mission down in Tacoma, Martha Davis. So a, a wonderful organization that's been around for quite some time, 30 plus years of doing great work in the community. But they find themselves uh, in need of some help themselves. They're building itself. uh as everyone knows, inflation has not been uh, great uh, towards rent prices. Their rent has just gradually gone up over the course of 30-plus years that they've been at the location. Um, and, and, you know, they're trying to put together a fundraising effort uh, to help these kids in need. So here's what Martha Davis had to say.
1: Toy Rescue Mission needs to respond desperately to save our building. Without a building, we cease to exist. And what we need to do is there are so many families who need our help. Think about all these poor children who wouldn't have a decent set of crayons to go to school or who wouldn't have books or who wouldn't have Christmas toys or who wouldn't get an Easter basket. And what we want to do is take the pressure off the parents.
2: So obviously this organization does some incredibly good Work And they have applied for grants. They've actually been very successful at getting grants in the organization's past. They do a lot of work with the Puyallup tribe. But the way a lot of these grants are written is actually what's causing them problems. The grants oftentimes go towards things other than building funds. Martha Davis said, you know, they don't, they don't have any issues getting grants. It's getting grants that will actually support their building funds
1: we're struggling to find grants that we can apply for and we're struggling to find grants that will allow us to pay operational expenses because most of the grants out there now are funding program expenses which are the toys and and this is the interesting thing is that we don't have a problem getting toys and getting donations because the donations are coming in like you wouldn't believe people love us
2: Yeah, and Martha told me just how respected they are in this community, the the hard work that these volunteers, she has volunteers that come from, you know, from Kent, from Gig Harbor, Mm -hmm. from Eatonville, from various places around the area. Bellevue. Yeah. Bellingham. Yeah, are you trying to be the the big local intro lady? That was good. It is the segment. But anyway, she, she highlighted a, a, an interaction with, with a family that was particularly impactful to her.
1: This family was walking through to pick out toys. He kept telling the, the shopper no. And the shopper was trying to get him to pick out toys for the kids. And he kept saying no. So when it got to the end of the line, they had called me and they said, well, he didn't want anything. And I said, why? So I went back and talked to him. He thought he was being greedy. He didn't want to take two things for a child. He just wanted one thing for each child to put under the tree so he wouldn't have to go Christmas without something for his children. I explained to him that we have plenty of stuff. You can have as much as you want. Come back and let me help you pick out some decent stuff for those children. He was so ecstatic. He cried. My staff and I had a hard time calming him down. Two weeks later, he came back and knocked on my door. He wanted to wash my windows. He wanted to vacuum. He wanted to cut the yard. He wanted to do anything he could to pay us back. He was so grateful for getting stuff for his kids for Christmas.
2: And there's countless stories like that. I mean, Martha, she went on for honestly quite a long time about some of these stories that had impacted her. We we have one also about a you know a little kid getting a raincoat and then writing her a a poorly spelled thank you card, uh, that, so that'll be, don't shame the kid. No, the kid's great. He's got the coat. He wrote the thank you card. Martha said that was super impactful, but basically they need help to stay in their building. The holiday season is actually like pretty quickly approaching. It's a huge time of outreach for him. She told me they impacted about 15,000 families last year between Easter birthdays, back to school. And Christmas is obviously a big season for them. So they have a GoFundMe page, uh, that's, Uh, fundraiser that's going on right now that'll be up uh, at ktth.com once the story publishes this evening you can also visit their website toyrescuemission.org to learn a little bit more about this agency that's doing some really good work down in the south sound
0: and how much time do they actually have because they've been i I remember seeing that the deadline might have been last month but it looks like the landlord is giving them a little bit more time
2: Yeah, the landlord has been lenient with them, but she says they need to really start making big chunks in these rent payments in the next 30 days or so. So that means get to it. What's the website again? ToyRescueMission.org. ToyRescueMission.org.
0: Some of you know who they are. This was actually a story that a listener gave me as a tip, telling me what they were going through, and that's why we looked into this to to begin with. So I know that this is an organization that a lot of folks really care about. And I will be honest, when I looked down at their GoFundMe, when we first got wind of this story, I was not impressed by the number of community members who who were there because not a lot of folks decided to step up. And this is one of those organizations that, look, a lot of folks don't really pay that close attention to. Because maybe you're not in a position where you need something like this, but there are quite a few people who need something like this all across the state of Washington. And if you've got anything to give,
2: uh, go ahead and head on over to their website. Say it again. ToyRescueMission.org. And I just sent you the link to the GoFundMe, so tweet it out to help them. Well, you know, I don't just put anything out on my Twitter. Well, at least on the station page. Okay,
0: that'll do. You have access to that. I guess so. I'm putting it off on me it's a friday yeah exactly why are you putting it off on me you think i'm gonna do it probably not if you gave this to me on a monday well not a monday because i'm in a bad mood but if you gave it to me on a well not a tuesday either because i'm probably in a worse mood if you obviously wednesday's off the table and then thursday leave me alone yeah just do it yourself okay so go ahead and and help out I, i do think that this is a worthy cause Meanwhile, in Fife, Cairo TV has a report about a man who everyone thought died in a car crash. The fire that engulfed the car. And it turns out, nope, he was killed by gunfire, according to Fife PD. At about 9.30 p.m., there was, uh, what was it, on Tuesday, I believe, officers were called... ...to this one car crash. They said they thought the driver just lost control while he was speeding. It caused him to hit a light pole, trees, and then ultimately a hydrant. Now, the driver, obviously, when something like that happens, very unlikely to survive. He did not. Last night, Fife PD said they determined that this driver, who's 23 years old... ...was hit and killed by gunfire before the crash happened... And that is what caused the car to go out of control and then crash. He was the only person in the car. Now, here's the part that should freak everybody out. Not to freak everyone out, but I'm going to freak everyone out. The Fife PD folks, they think, based on preliminary information per Cairo 7 TV, that this might have been a random shooting. Completely random. Random. Now, I'm going to be only so that I don't get completely freaked out myself. I will be suspicious of that. I I, am dubious that that's the case. But again, only so I don't freak out because that's terrifying. This is, you know, we go from driving on a freeway hoping that a homeless guy doesn't throw a rock at your windshield or something way worse to hoping someone doesn't just randomly shoot at you. Like, that's just absolutely insane. And as far as I can tell, based on the, the latest reports, we don't have any information on a suspect, a suspect vehicle, nothing. We are now learning a little bit more about this guy. He, his name is Rudolph King. He lived in Milton. He graduated from Pacific Lutheran University, and he was on active duty status as an Army National Guard officer. So this is the person whose life was taken, apparently, by a random shooting. And, you know, I wonder if it was a stray bullet, and that was the random part of it. it. Makes me feel a little bit less on edge, I suppose, but not not that much. I mean, the idea of just someone pointing randomly at some car that's driving by and pulling a trigger, that's just absolutely terrifying. And yet... I guess that's a possibility, at least in the Fife area. So, yeah, that's terrifying. Finally, let's end on a downer. We told you a couple days ago about that Bellingham encampment that was essentially a drug compound. It was being run allegedly by a homeless man who was getting other homeless people in this encampment to sell drugs, what they were doing with the profits of selling all those drugs. Uh, I don't know, because they're, uh, I guess they're reinvesting in their shady business because they were all homeless. And they had enough, according to the reports, they had enough fentanyl at this compound to kill, conservative estimate, to kill every single person living in Bellingham. That's how crazy it is. Now, this has been a major encampment. I remember talking to Simon Sefsik about this when he was a state senator. Like, this has been there for a very long time. And Cairo 7 TV tracked down a woman named Lori who lost her daughter to an overdose when she was just 38 years old. And she was living at this encampment. And she said it all started when she wanted to help her boyfriend get clean.
1: And they told her if you want me to be clean, you have to do drugs with me and then get clean with me. And then continued giving her the drugs. Um, and she overdosed on August 10th.
0: That's absolutely tragic. It, it, you know, when you hear a mom like that speak, it, it, it's almost, you can't really say anything other than feel bad for the position that she found herself in. And despite the fact that they just had this major drug bust, Despite the fact that people are dying there, despite the fact that there's a lot of other crimes going on, it's still there. The encampment is still there. What does it take in Washington state to clean up an encampment? Unbelievable. I don't know what the answer is. It's just heartbreaking.
1: I don't know that they should sweep it if, like Shauna says, there's a lot of women and children there. But services need to be offered and the drugs need to be off the streets.
0: Here's the thing. Services are being offered and have been offered. They're saying no. That's going to be on them. If there are children there, we need to take them away from the mother. Sorry. Hey, mom, if you want your kid back, you're going to have to go into shelter with this child. You're either going to take care of them or we're going to take care of them. Every day that we're leaving kids there is one day that we just stepped a little bit closer to having the next news report being about a dead kid. Unbelievable. When we come back, you get to pick the news. Story number one is a twofer. Crazy world of sports. Taking you with, uh, what's his name? Aaron
2: who? Aaron Rodgers. He's the the,
0: uh, the guy who throws. Yeah. So throwing guy. he called out Keith Olbermann. And it turns out the brother of a... <laughs> well, no, he's a Travis Kelsey? Yeah. He's a player? Yeah. He might end up in a Taylor Swift song. I'm not giving any more information than that. That's story number one. Story number two is Starbucks is overhauling its iconic cup all to save the planet, except they're not overhauling the cup. And it's not, by the way, iconic. The cup itself is not iconic. I know you're not going to pick this story, so let me get this rant off. It's the logo. The logo is iconic on a cup. The cup itself well, is not iconic. Obviously, Shut up. Yeah. Shut up, AP. You're, they're not going to pick that story. 1-800-465-8770 for your text. You picked the topic on the Jason Rand Show. Indeed, you do. You want us to talk about the sports. Okay, we will start with the response to Keith Olbermann. Keith Olbermann was celebrating Aaron Rodgers' injury his Achilles heel injury that ends his career for the season and he went online afterwards and made some joke about him uh, having a hurt Achilles heel due to the the jab because Aaron uh, Rogers didn't get vaccinated was a big old thing as to why he didn't get vaccinated and no one apologized to him for actually being right on the reason why he chose not to get vaccinated but Keith Olbermann who is just a crazy person who hit his head on a subway once and now he's just mentally deranged. Uh, again, I might have made up that story and I, or it was an actual story we read. I still have yet to look it up. But you had Aaron Rodgers going on the Pat McAfee show. I'm assuming that's in his city. And he responded. Keith Olbermann said oh, that. Um, you love him though. Because you're not vaxxed, that's why it happened.
2: Yep. Yeah, get your fifth booster, Keith. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, that wasn't a <laughs> <laughs> worthy. Anyway, <Bum. laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love. What do you? What? Huh? I sports radio sucks. Um, in other markets, the the whole idea that that was a this was it was worthy of this. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it wasn't that good. I'm glad he clapped it kind back. Of funny. It was fine. It was kind of funny. No, here's what would have been funny: get your seventieth vaccine booster. That that would be funny. Five. He probably, but that would be frankly,
2: dramatizing it.
0: Yeah, that's the whole point. Okay. Frankly, he probably already has more than five. Keith Olbermann, he's probably getting his seventeenth one right now. See, that was funny. Ha 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 You're supposed to. You don't know the who spit. Pat
2: McAfee is? I have no clue. Who he's that a is. national guy. I don't care. Was, I believe I you be that impressed? you don't care.
0: Am I supposed to be impressed? No, I'm Ooh. just. He's gen- a national guy. You know who I am? A national guy.
2: Well, that's why I figured you guys would know each other. No,
0: we don't play in the same circles. I'm in the political circle. He's in the sports ball circle. Okay. Was he a player? I've heard yeah, the he name he Yeah, he played
2: for the Colts, and then he was kind of doing like the barstool sports thing, and no. now maybe he has his own thing, or maybe he's even more barstool than ever. I don't know. Oh. Kind of insufferable, but I know who he is. Well, he did get Aaron Rodgers. He was Aaron Rodgers. Normally goes on a show. He does like a weekly hit with Pat McAfee. With you, that we've clipped it weird, be- yeah, with that weird angle where you can only
0: see his head, but from a from like upward. at It's I don't understand. Well, it's his like phone he's
2: sitting in his lap. Is it? I think he's got obviously. a laptop or <laughs> yeah, something As like he, that. But he's
0: laying in bed.
2: <laughs> well, he hurt his Achilles. What do you oh, want? Oh my to do? god! So sit you can't,
0: Yeah, you can't. Your is your back hurt? Is Achilles attached to your back? It's your foot, your leg, your ankle. That's it. He's got to elevate it. Finally, (laughs) apparently Travis Kelsey is going to end up in a Taylor Swift song. Tony Gonzalez, NFL analyst from Thursday Night Football and Amazon Prime, spoke to Travis's brother, Eagle Center, Jason Kelsey. And there's apparently this rumor that... Travis and Taylor Swift are dating.
2: Jason, you talk about family. and my, my I have a 15-year-old daughter, and she's a big fan of a certain pop star. And you have a family oh, member, God. a brother, yes, I think. Yes, I think. Yes, and yeah. I've been hearing rumors
0: yes. that there's... Maybe some stuff. Can you I, comment I have on this? I've seen these
2: rumors. I cannot comment.
0: Damn, damn you, right <laughs> you, you, you are we you doing?
2: What? It's for my
1: daughter, okay? What are we doing? Ever since catching Kelsey, everybody has been infatuated with Travis's love life. So um, I don't really know what's going on there. Um, so, yeah, I know Trav is, is having fun, and uh, we'll see what happens with whoever he ends up. <laughs>
0: I thought she was younger than him. They're actually the same age, but he does not. She's 33, so is he. Wow. She does not seem to be into guys who look like Travis Kelsey, right? Based on her. Isn't she more into the pretty boys? Maybe this is her trying to branch out because all of her relationships end after about three months and then everyone was all like, poor Taylor without realizing she's clearly the problem.
2: Let's I think. Honest. Well, no, he's not more famous than she is. Nobody's no. more famous than she is. Beyonce is. Okay, that's fair. Donald Trump is. Yeah. But that's about it. Obama is. I, I guess. Jason Rance is. He's 6'5". Jason Rance is? Yeah. More popular than Taylor.
0: 1-800-465-8770 for your texts. You're listening to The Jason Rancho on AM 770 KTTH.